This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online, and Tuesday this past week, uh, Tuesday's my long day. Um, by that I mean I do a lot of work on Tuesday. I do a full-time job Monday through Friday, which is full-time, 9 to 5. It's not a real vigorous job of work. It's going to an office. I'm an office manager for a janitorial service. Pretty much man the phones. I'll deliver supplies. I'll fix vacuum cleaners. I'll you know answer customer emails or you know do things of that nature. And so it's not necessarily the most rigorous of jobs, but it's nine hours or eight hours hanging out at that office by myself pretty much the whole day. Then. Uh, after that, I head home, usually get home sometime after 5.30, and it's uh, say hi to the wife and kid, hang around for maybe about 10 minutes, and back out I go to work. And what I do then is I head to uh, a, a two buildings that I have to clean, you know, one after the other. I can't go to them both at the same time. And uh, that's about five hours worth of work there, including travel time. So it's just, you know, I'm usually not getting home until 11 and uh, yeah, I'm tired so it's you know, and I never look forward to Tuesdays Wednesdays kind of look forward to because usually I don't have to work after work after my day job usually I just you know, I can go home now I, I do some part-time work for a comic book store where I enter stuff online I do that most of that work at home so I might hop on the computer and do that but at least I'm home all right so Tuesday, Tuesday, it started out like a regular Tuesday. It was just, you know, get up, uh, get the kid up, uh, get him ready for school, and, and, you know, well, make sure he's ready for school. And then I walk him to the bus stop. I really don't need to, I don't think so, but I like kind of like doing it. And, um, you know, off he goes. Oh, and before I get into the negative stuff, I, I know I try to uh, cultivate a certain um, heartless, cold, um, uh, unempathetic person. You know, my heart is black. I don't care. <laughs> I try to, you know. But of course, nobody buys it. And because it's not true. And um, most mornings during the week when I take Hayden to the bus stop, we, we will hang out there for maybe, I don't know, a couple, three minutes and the bus gets there, which is which is good. Don't want to hang out that long. And when he gets there, you know, I just I watch him get on, and, and, and then as the bus comes by and turns the corner, I wave to him. But what happens many mornings, not every morning, 
but many mornings, uh, there's a there's a little girl that sits toward the front of the bus. Hayden likes to sit toward the back. Hope he's not smoking back there. No, he's not. He's a good kid. I don't think he's up to that yet. Or ever will be up to that. Boy, I hope not. Anyway, there's a little girl that sits up front who must be in the first grade or something. Um, Hayden's school goes from first grade to eight. and Or there's another school within the same building, and I think they have a kindergarten in that one. Whichever it is, she's very, she's very tiny, and she'll look out the window almost like Kilroy-like with her nose there and her eyes just looking over and looking at me. And as the bus begins to pull away, she waves to me. And I wave to her, and then I wave to my son. And it's just, on the day she's not on the bus, and I don't get my wave from her, I kind of feel like, huh, I didn't get a wave. Huh. I, I don't know if she does that to every parent that's waiting on the bus stop with their kid, but maybe she does. Just, yeah, it's a wave, and I'll wave back. And there was a couple few times when there was another kid on there, about her age and a boy, sitting in the seat behind her, and a couple days... He waved at me too, <laughs> so and it's just it's, I don't know. I get a smile out of it. And it's kind of nice. Anyway, but this Tuesday she wasn't on the bus. Maybe that was a bad sign. I don't believe in omens or anything because you know I'm a skeptic and come on. Uh, anyway, I'm, I I do my regular normal morning routine thing. I get Hayden's off to going off to school. I come back home. I, I get out my tablet. And I put Spotify on. And I put the headphones on. I lay on the couch for, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes. Get a little snooze and listen to music. And then I head off to work. And that's what I was doing. And I don't have a commute that is long and, and arduous and filled with heavy traffic and a problem. Even when it snows and the traffic gets slower and it gets a little harder to get to places... Even then, I don't have that. I've got. I'm, I, I work three miles from where uh, I live, and it's mostly side streets and a couple main roads. But it's nothing. It's nothing like going on a freeway. It's it's just smooth sailing, no problem. Like I said, even when the snows, it just might be a little slower because it's slippery. But it's I'm not bumper to bumper. I don't have that. Doesn't happen. And. As Ace also said, I'm the only one in the office. I don't have a boss sitting there watching the clock. See when I come in. My my boss calls in at, at 10:30 in the morning, thereabouts. It, you know, I could show up at 10:30, <laughs> at 10:15, and he wouldn't know. <laughs> but I get there usually before nine, and you know, do what I need to do at the office. So it, there's no real rush. There really isn't. So this. Last Tuesday, I'm heading there, heading to work, and I get to the, the last main stretch of road that I have to go down, just head down about a quarter mile, and then there's my office. And I turn on, and a car had just turned on ahead of me, and I'm behind this guy. There's two cars behind me, and the guy ahead of me want, immediately wants to turn left at the next intersection that comes up. And I slow down behind him, and I don't know what it was. I don't know why I was a little more impatient than I would normally be. I Sometimes, maybe it's, I'm getting older. <laughs> and maybe my patience is running out. I don't know. But every now and then, it's, it's just like... It, and again, there's no reason for me to be in a hurry. And I look, and the guy's going to take a left, and there's a car coming on, you know, that he's got to wait for that car to go by. And there's a school bus coming up on, uh, across that intersection, and it looks like it's, oh, man, is it, it going to take forever? And... I find myself just, ah, 
the hell with this, zip onto the shoulder, around the car, and off I go. And I look back in the mirror, and there's the two cars behind me. So the guy probably was turning onto the intersection as I'm heading around him. If I'd have waited five seconds, not even, I would just be on my way. I look back in the mirror, there's a car directly behind me, and there's a car behind that person. And that car is a police car. And the lights go on. Ah, crap. That's, you know, the car behind me and I, we immediately pull over to the side of the road. There's enough room between us for the police car to pull in behind me. Now, as, I, as I'm pulling over, I look in the mirror, I say, ah, crap, there he is. I pull, and that's me. It's got to be me. And I pull over. And I'm thinking, just there's like a half second. It goes through my mind saying, oh, please, let's just be a coincidence. And he's, got on, he's on a call and he's got to get going. Just, please, please. Nope. <laughs> Pulls in behind me. Uh, so, you know, down goes the window. Get the wallet out. Put the keys on the dashboard. You know, get every, get your, start getting your driver's license out. Get everything ready. And he walks up and he says, can I see your license, sir? And I said, sure. And he says, you know why I pulled you over? And I said, Yeah. He says, you know, you, you, you were driving on the shoulder. And I said, yeah, I was. And he says, you know, if you had just waited, you'd have been on your way. I said, I know. And he takes my license, goes back. There's no record for me. There's no outstanding tickets. There's no warrants. There's no nothing. Uh, a friend of mine was telling him about this. He said, you think he would have cut you some slack? I said, hey, you know, I was in the wrong. What can I say? So he comes back and gives me the ticket, and it sends me on my way. And that's just... But he's right. The officer was right. If I just, just you know, just wait, because he wasn't the the guy turning wasn't going to be there that long. It didn't. And even if he was, what's the big deal? <laughs> you know, patience, my young Padawan learner. Let's not freak out here. So he tells me when he gives me the ticket. There's a couple sheets of paper. One is the ticket, the citation, and the other one is a little flyer that that has a listing of the common offenses and what the what the charge is for them, what the fine is for them. And so he says, but uh, here, there's a highlighted number here. You can call that if you want to find out, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I go to the office, and I didn't, I, I, then I take the ticket out, and I start looking at it. And there's no price on there. And and then I remembered, oh, yes, he was telling me that I had to, okay. So I look at the little flyer that was in there, and my violation wasn't on there. So, oh, great. Um, the the parking violations, which I have had a parking ticket, but uh, you know, until last summer. I mean, I've been driving since I was 22. Yes, that's kind of late to start. I mean, driving with my own license, driving. You know, I was driving before that, learning how to drive. But I just, I didn't need. I could take a bus, and I had friends that drove, and I just didn't need a car until I was 22. So that's 30 years I've been driving, and I managed to go about 29 years before I got a ticket. And that was a speeding ticket that I got in uh, in South Dakota. Oh, that was fun. But, yeah, you know, I was, well, I was speeding. So, and now, now, <laughs> get another one this week. So, and maybe I'm just, get, maybe I am getting a little impatient in my older age. Uh, so, uh, it, it turns out, well, I don't, I still don't know for sure what the ticket is, uh, how the amount is, but I'm pretty sure it's about 128 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, lesson learned. 
slow down, be patient, just wait. You know, just wait. Or what, five seconds. Five seconds. Well, you know, I'm human after all. All right, I, 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 I was mentioning to a couple of friends before uh, I was doing this particular show that I had uh, planned to be... I think I'm going to be a little controversial on this episode. I'm going to... I'm going to do something that, that might seem, to a lot of people, might seem like, what are you doing, Dim? Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to defend the indefensible. I'm going, to, I'm going to cut some slack here, just a little bit. Uh, I'll, but I will withdraw a little bit as well. So you just hang with me where I go here. Um, you may be aware that uh, the United States has a new president. His name is Donald J. Trump. And uh, there's uh, uh, a, a bit more than half of the electorate is pretty nervous about what's going to happen. And we're seeing some stuff that's been going on since he's taken office. And it's, you know, I, I'm worried about the future of science under, under a Trump administration, how that's going to happen. And that's why I, I just, I can't, I found that I just can't vote for the Republican Party, even though there was a time when I did. See, I started out young and, and liberal like most people do, and then I got into my 30s and I got a lot more conservative. And then I got somewhere into my 40s and I was like, God, I don't give a... <laughs> it's like, I just... Ugh. I began to appreciate nuance and context, and, and then I started seeing things that I didn't like about the Republican Party, and that is that pull to the religious side, which has been happening for a long time. And this, this, the anti-science aspect of it just really bothers me. And not saying that the Democrats do science perfect, but they do it better. They're friendlier towards science than the Republicans are, and that's really something that bothers me. And so I just can't, I can't vote for a Republican. It, 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 I don't know. Uh, maybe if, if I think that that particular Republican is, is square with science, or at least better. There were a couple that were running in the, the deal, uh, like that's John Kasich or Kasich or whatever his name is. Um, I guess he was a little more grounded, but uh, he didn't. He never had a chance. All right. So, all right. He's a, Trump's our president. And you know, I know there's a lot of people. Oh, I'm not going to give him a chance. He's not my president. That kind of thing. And I just, I, I find that to be a little too uh, unnuanced. I, uh, and but I understand it. I do. I understand the feeling. I, I, I feel. But there's a couple of things. A couple of things I gotta mention. This, these are my opinions. Yours may differ, but. Um, Inauguration Day, there was quite a deal made on social media about how much smaller uh, the turnout was for Trump in 2017 than it was for Obama in 2009. And and there's this the, you you've seen the picture, the comparison side by side is a picture that's taken of that area where you know out in front of the Capitol and where all the people will gather. There's like five or six sections where people can gather, and it's t the picture is taken from the Washington Monument looking out toward the Capitol. It's the Capitol, right? Looking out toward that, and in Obama's picture, it's just crammed with people. Just crammed all the way back, all the sections back. And in Trump's, there's still a lot of people there, but there's a lot of open space. A lot of open space. 
and it's and there was people. Somebody asked uh, in one of the threads, um, and it's, it's what's the timestamp on the photo? How did they differ that way? You know, we know it's the same day, and we know it's before, you know, the the you know the ceremonies take place. At least that's what we, what we understand. And the picture, uh, the Obama picture, is at, was taken at 11:30 approximately in the morning. And the Trump picture was taken at 11:15. So there's another 15 minutes for people to get in there. But what you look at when you at, at the margins of that photograph, off to the sides, you don't see lots of people still streaming in. It seems as though the people that are there are there. So that's just a quibble. But from that perspective, it's it you know it, it's clear that not as many people attended. That then had that did back in 2009, and I've seen some uh, uh, news station that was kind of speculating as to why. Well, that area of the country is not very Republican; it's very Democrat. So, it, you know, do you if you're? I mean, there's sure there's Republicans mixed in there, but the number of Democrats far outweighs them. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine a lot of Democrats were very interested in going to see this. Some, I'm sure, did, that were in the area, did want to see it. Look, this is a piece of history. I'd like to see it happen. It's, you know, if I had a chance to go see him, I would have done it. I have a friend who, who did. Now, my friend is a supporter of Trump, but you know, he, and, he and his uh, lady friend uh, went to, to check out the whole event thing. I haven't talked to him about it yet. I wanted to talk to him and see how it was, what what his perspective of it. Was, of it. Anyway, where's the slack cutting coming in? The slack cutting is coming in because I can understand why Trump thought there were tons and tons of people there. Why he from what because from his perspective, from where he's looking out, it certainly looked like there was tons of people. There's a picture that I saw that um, you know that. that is looking out not not right from his perspective, but very close to where he was, and lower, which is lower to the ground. You know, the Washington Monument's way up there, so looking up above, you can see that. So, looking from lower uh, lower perspective of the ground at the front of the crowd, looking back, you can see that there are sections, but the gap between you know the back of one section and the front of the next section, it's hard to tell. It's hard to gauge how deep that is. So from his perspective, all he saw were just these people spilling all the way back. And, you know, so, so he even said that. It looked to me like there were millions of people there, you know. And so I cut him some slack that that's what his perception was. I take a little bit of it back because they doubled down. His, his press secretary and then and Donald himself, they both doubled down on, oh, no, no, there was lots of people there, and this is, you, you, whatever. And look... The photographic evidence is against you, and the, the, the mass transit representatives, you know, the estimating the people that were using mass transit going in there, they helped, you know, there's two lines of, converging lines of evidence, one being the photographic evidence taken from the perspective where you can see how empty it was, and the other being how many people were using mass transit and the difference between 2017 and 2009. So you add those two lines of evidence, and it's fairly clear that there was a lot less people there. I've seen that the numbers are estimated between 300,000 and 600,000 people were there. Now, I don't know who watched on TV, how big an audience he had, or whatever, so Trump started to, started to direct it to that. It was, it was the TV audience he was talking about. Uh, I do have 
other things to cut him some slack, another one. But uh, I'm going to my break. I'll come back, and I'll do a little more. And, uh, you know, if you're going to keep listening, because, you know, how can I defend him? Well, fair is fair. <laughs> but I'll be back. Uh, hang on a second here. What the heck? What is this? I don't know. All right, I'll be back uh, after this uh, after this break. Bye. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Amanda Pete. Like all new parents, my husband and I want what's best for our baby. When it was time for our daughter's immunizations, we wanted the facts. So we carefully researched vaccines. We spoke with doctors and other experts and asked some tough questions. We decided the vaccines were the best thing for our child. I urge you to get the facts. Learn the facts about vaccines so you can make the best health care decisions for your family. Thank you. A message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and vaccinateyourbaby.org. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk, radio network. You don't say. Oh, what, you think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. to uh, Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Got a little uh, confused heading to that last break. That's why I had a little pause, because I saw something on my iTunes library thing that confused me. But it's okay. I got past it. I I, I survived. Um, So, okay, I'm going to continue to cut some slack on another thing for the president. I, 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 like I said, I drew back some of that slack because he's continued you know, to insist against evidence. You know, the alternative facts thing. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? Uh, anyway, um, the, before I get to the other thing, I want to talk about that photograph. The one where you see the kind of from his perspective looking out over the crowd. Now, this is amazing. Uh, it's, I think it's called Gigapixel. It's this image, and I don't know if it's a... It must be a... It's amazing. <laughs> it's... 
you look at the picture and it's it's you can pan around the picture so you, you the 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 image starts at the at the looking at trump at the podium uh and all the people gathered you know the dignitaries and such sitting behind him it starts there and you can look around and it and it looks all the way out toward the washington monument in these pictures and uh it's the amount of detail in this thing is insane now when you look at it the initial photograph it's uh, that crowd of dignitaries behind trump are just little human-shaped images, you know, with the little faces that are the various flesh tones and and dark coats and and whatever you know clothes colors that they're wearing. But you know, that's that's what you see. It's not you're not seeing real detail or anything. But but this this article that I found that show, that examines this photograph is showing you how much detail is in this this process, this gigapixel thing, and you start to they they show you these zoom ins and they zoom in on one of these uh, one of these people sitting behind Trump, who is it's just at if at the at the main view of the picture the far distant view of the picture is just you know it's just like a little dark shape of a body with a with a little you know peach colored face up there you don't really you don't see eyeballs or nose or shit you just that's that's about all you see, and they move in move in and move in and if you zoom in and zoom in until you get a very <laughs> detailed image of George W. Bush, former President George W. Bush. It's it's insane. And then they turn around and they show you these blowups of the crowd way back, and you can see people. You know, they're, they're full bodies. You can see details. Of not 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 quite as well as 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 uh, George uh, as Bush's face, but I, I mean, I've heard of satellites that can take pictures of uh, license plates on cars, and I was always a little dubious of that, but maybe. But this thing. I mean, this is. I used to rail about this watching old TV shows, and not, and they didn't have to be all that old either. But uh, back in the '70s, there was the Columbo, Columbo series with Peter Falk. I like Columbo, and I miss it. It used to be on uh, Netflix. I used to watch it each night and fall asleep to it. It's kind of comforting. Now I do that with the uh, Star Trek Next Generation. But anyway. There's a, at least one, I know there's more than one, but there's one episode where where um, Columbo is in with uh, some you know some video technician, and they're looking at uh, comparing two still shots from some you know closed caption video, and and Columbo's looking at this desk, and he's looking for, just for something to see something different, and on the desk there's a white splash or something. There's a white object. On one in one shot, and the other shot, there's the, the the white object doesn't look like it's there. So he asks, "Can you can you enlarge that?" And the guy says, "Sure." So he works it and he enlarges it, and he brings it up. And uh, uh, I don't think we find it right at that point. I think it's shown to us later. But the blow up shows it, it's a it's an envelope for an invitation to some hoity-toity event that the murderer was invited to, and. Because that 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 invitation was in that shot, along with the dead the, the victim's body, it it you know it blew the guy's alibi. But you can see the logo. You can see it's not in perfect detail, but it's like that's impossible. I looked at that's that's impossible. There is not enough information in that video to be able to get a still shot that it does, that looks like that. All you're going to get is a white blur. You're not, that's impossible. But now. 
it's possible. Ah, <laughs> oh, science. I tell you, it's it's just it's it's awesome. Okay. Another thing I'm going to say that's probably going to be a little uh, controversial. Um, I'm of the opinion that President Trump, uh, then-candidate Trump, was not mocking a reporter for that reporter's disability. Now, I could be wrong. If I am, let me know. But I've seen some, what I think is some pretty good evidence to the contrary. Now, what is that evidence? I've seen some video stuff. Trump, in, in my, when I first saw it, saw the image, saw the video, I thought, that's insane. How can anybody vote for this guy? How heartless he is? What, you know, how does he get away with that? That kind of stuff. And he doesn't help himself by saying, you should see this guy. And then he does the thing, oh, I forgot, I don't remember, you know, and he does the hand thing and makes this look on his face and makes that voice. It's, it's, so it's just, well, you know, and, and so the, the reporter that he's talking about is a fellow named Serge Kovaleski who has, his right arm is in a kind of a, a frozen position, just, you know, it's, it's tight, the muscles are real tight. His hand is pulled into a down position, his forearm goes up against his chest and it's tight you know it's it just it just holds like that and and that's you know and so when there's that shot of Trump doing the thing he's got his right hand in a down position he's making this goofy face and he's doing that voice the thing is there are several videos a uh, couple of one of which is really telling telling us something which made me change my mind on this and that is uh, Trump is at some other uh, press conference or some uh, whatever he's talking somewhere he's up in front of people and he's talking about Sen uh, Senator Ted Cruz he's talking about Ted Cruz who he was running against at the time uh, it's talking about waterboarding and he was doing an impression of Ted Cruz and he does exactly the same move he makes exactly the same voice he does exactly the same face. He that's what he did. Exactly the same. There was another thing where he's talking about some general who went on television to talk about whatever he talked about. I don't remember who the general is. And he does a very similar hand movement, facial expression, voice sound. There's a clip with him on uh uh he's on um Larry King. He's on the Larry King show. And he's down there with uh, Melania, and uh, and and, and Trump is talking about not desiring to take vacations. He says, "I don't consider what I do work. I like what I do. I don't, you know, and I, I wouldn't know what to do on vacation." And he does this little shows of frustration. Now he doesn't go, uh, uh, he doesn't do that, but he does. His hands come up from the from being, you know, set on the desk. They come up where you know the arms go up and the hands point down. You know, much like uh, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Kind of, you know, that kind of thing. And he makes this face. And he's talking about himself. So the argument then, for the people who are presenting us, and there's one video, and I'll link to all this kind of stuff. It's a little 12-minute video, 10-minute video, 12-minute video. of a guy talking about this whole history and why Trump 
said what he did about the reporter and where, where that comes from and and all that kind of thing and that's that's more to do with how memory works and uh, in my opinion it's more about how memory works and and, and I'll get to that but the, you know, this stuff and 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 I guess Catholics for Trump which seems like an oxymoron to me but you know I mean in the old days Catholics wouldn't be for Trump because the man's been divorced but the Catholics have kind of relaxed on this idea about divorce. So, all right. I know that's the source, and the, and the guy gets a little conspiratorial in, his, in the way he presents his thing, but the video clips that he shows, it's like, geez, it looks to me like that's a gesture he makes when he's, shown, he's demonstrating that somebody is being flustered and doesn't know how to answer a question, especially the Ted Cruz one. And I'm telling you, it's exactly the same thing. It's just that's what, his, that's what he does. So I'm willing to say, you know, there's a lot of stuff to be appalled about the pres about President Trump. There's lots of things to be appalled. A long list of his attitudes toward women and and his, you know, his his stances and his anti-science and anti-vax kind of thing. There's lots of things to 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 stack against them to pile up. And I'm willing to scratch this one out. I'm willing to just kind of cross this off the list and say, no, he wasn't mocking the guy for his disability. He was mocking the guy because he didn't remember that, that uh, and this is where the memory thing comes from. Trump had said at some point that he saw thousands of, of Arabs in New Jersey celebrating as the towers came down on 9-11. And a few days later, I guess he said, he saw Arabs celebrating in New Jersey as the towers came down. Now, these are both kind of loaded anyway. You know, thousands, really. If there were thousands of people, Arab or not, celebrating as the towers came down, and if you, you know, somebody would have caught this on some video. We would be seeing this, but we're not. I think more likely what's happened, and this is something that can happen in memory. Memory's not videotape. It's not. I'm, I'm, he may have remembered it that way, but I have a feeling was he saw a news report at the time that said there was an, there was allegations in this neighborhood in New Jersey that there were people tailgating, partying up on the roof roofs of these apartment buildings, watching the, in the inside of the towers coming down, and this reporter Serge Kovaleski apparently 14 years ago or shortly after whenever it was I, it's, it's Timing is kind of weird, but back in like a couple weeks after 9/11, or a week after that, he had written something about there was a, you know there was allegedly some people partying on the rooftop, celebrating the towers coming down. Words to that effect, and that's where Trump was saying that the guy forgot that he wrote that, and the, his paper forgot that he wrote that. And the paper was saying that there's nothing out there. Well, there's this, and so he says you should see this guy. He's going, well, I don't know, I don't remember, and that's where that comes from. I again, I'm kind of cutting Trump some slack by saying I'm sure he, you know, he maybe he saw that news report and then somehow in his brain he concocted it into seeing the stuff because there there is no video. Even the report that they show in that long video where the guy's defending Trump, they show a video clip of a news program and they just show buildings. They don't show anybody celebrating. There's no you know portrait formatted video of people holding their cameras. There's their smartphones and taking video in the wrong format. There's none of that. There's no images of people celebrating. But there's there was uh, uh, there was allegations that there was, that they were there. That it had happened. 
So maybe that's it. And I say this because I, there was a, a talk I saw, a, 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 a TED Talk or something, but I think it was Elizabeth Loftus, and I believe I read an article she wrote about the same kind of thing, and it was about how George W. Bush remembered 9-11, and there was some his the timing of the events that he was talking about later about how things went just didn't match up with the way things went. And it wasn't that he was lying or making things up. It was that that's how he remembered it. And our memories are not perfect. And they change over time. So I'm willing to cut him a little slack there, too, for Trump. And I do, and like I said, I'm going to cross that mocking the disabled off the list. I'm going to cross that off. If you think I shouldn't, just send me an email. Let me know. Give me some Give me some reason why not. Uh, send it to drdim at dimland.com. Dr. Uh, dr. D-I-M at dimland.com. Dr. Dim at dimland.com. So I'm, gonna, I'm cutting just a little slack. Now, I, that, I'm, I'm not a fan of Trump's. I don't, I, don't, I don't care for him. I didn't vote for him. So don't, you know, hopefully I'm not coming across as an apologist for him. But, uh, um, in fact, I, I was thinking about this today. The way he acts, he's very thin-skinned. And, you know, he takes to Twitter to... To, to counter anybody that says anything slightly critical of him. You know, he's upset about Saturday Night Live and Alec Baldwin. And he's, of course, he always goes to his overrated. They're overrated, you know, that kind of thing. And I got to thinking, you know how when Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton was president, and he got this kind of, this, this uh, uh, he was called the, the first black president, because I, I, I'm not sure exactly why, but I think because uh, the African American community liked him so much and and and, and were, you know supported him so much, and that that some people came to call him the first black president. Well, I'm going to coin this for our current president. He's our first child president because that's how he acts. He talks like a kid that's in grade school. He doesn't. I've, I've even read that he's got his speech level is about the level of a fifth grader. He, I've said that when you listen to him trying to answer a question where he's not well briefed on and he's trying to dazzle you with his bullshit, uh, he sounds like a like a kid who is giving a book report for a book he didn't read. That's what he sounds like. It's just. Ugh. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like I said, send me an email, drdim at dimland.com. Let me know. And, uh, yeah, because I'm willing to change my mind, but I'm going to cut them a little slack and put a little context with this and realize it's a little more nuanced than, than that. But he is, he is our first child president. I, th I think that, I think that can be said. And I, hopefully I'm not inter uh, insulting children. Uh, I'm going to take a break right now. You're listening to Dimland Radio at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'll be back uh, shortly. Sit tight. into a tight parking spot at the mall. I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. 
Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network network i am living on channel you're listening to z talk radio network And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Are you all nice and relaxed after that nice little uh, theme from from uh, the Twin Peaks television show? That's coming back, isn't it? It's coming back. Oh, Miguel Ferrer just died. He was a guy, Albert or whatever his name was. He was one of the FBI guys in the original series. Anyway, um, celebrities are still dying left and right. They just found today, uh, what was it, uh... Uh, John Hurt and uh, Mike Connors. Uh, John Hurt played the, the guy on, in Alien, where the alien burst from his chest. That's one of his most recognizable roles. And uh, 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 Mike Connors was Mannix. They did this died. Mary Tyler Moore died just a couple days ago. So, uh, anyway. <clears throat> uh, for those of you new to Dimland Radio... Uh, because you're you're you've done you're subscribed on iTunes or through Podbean or however it's gone. Um, I, this is a segment that I do every now and then. Uh, it's called "It's Not True." It's not true. It's not true. I'm telling you, 'cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. So there. Okay, so what's not true? Actually, I have a couple of them, and I'm going to continue to be controversial. Kellyanne Conway's sailor suit, or her 1960s, 70s stewardess outfit that she wore Inauguration Day, the red, white, and blue, whatever the hell that was. 
that's it, it, I mean I, I yeah it shows you a couple things now back when the campaign was still taking place and uh, uh, Hillary Clinton came under fire because she was wearing this Armani jacket that uh, cost anywhere from seven thousand to fifteen thousand dollars I mean that's insane right there costs anywhere between that and I talked about it. I didn't talk about it because of Hillary's politics, what the message was sent by what she said. I didn't talk about it because of what she, how she looked or you know, anything about it. No, I talked about it because a dress, or not a dress, but a, a jacket that costs 7000 to $15,000 should not look like shit. It was an Armani jacket. So, so we learned something about Armani. Armani can design crappy-looking clothes for lots of money. And I don't know the cost of the Gucci suit that uh, Kellyanne Conway was wearing, but we also learned that that uh, 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 Gucci can design crap too. Now what's not true about this is uh, some graphics went around showing the showing Kellyanne wearing that dress, outfits, sailor suit, whatever. And a you know and you remember the old dress patterns? You get these little packets, and they'd have uh, they'd have these like almost like tissue paper, a little thicker than tissue paper inside that you'd fold out, and you'd cut out the little on these blue lines, and you'd you'd tack them to your material, and you'd cut the material, and this would help you do the pattern, so you can make dresses and shirts and whatever. And they were big back in the '60s and '70s, and I don't know if they still happen today, if, if people do it or not, but. That was something I I think I even recall my mom having gotten some of those I, I believe but they were big back then. Well, somebody uh, supposedly found one of those uh, simplicity it was called dress pattern packages, and it shows it's got an illustration on the cover, and it's got three women illustrated, and uh, they're both wearing similar well the two women on the sides are wearing similar outfits, just different coloring. The one in the middle is wearing what looks exactly like the dress that Kellyanne wore, her, her Gucci outfit. And when I first saw that, I went, wow, look at that. Because really, the design is reminiscent of those days. So, and, and so that, that packaging for that simplicity dress pattern seemed to, to look right to me. And I was looking up something else and I was on Snopes, and I saw that that was in there. So, wait a minute, what's that doing in there? And I clicked on it, and I found that, in fact, the it was really simple for Snopes to explain this one, to debunk this one. Somebody, a, a talented cartoonist, was able to draw up that design, make it look in the same, pretty close to the same style as the other existing illustrations for the cover of that that uh, dress pattern. And you know, Photoshop in the image over what was the original character drawn in the center. And they found this. They found the pattern. There's a number on it. It's the same number. They found it. It was easily found. There's all over the internet. You can find these old patterns. And they found it. And so somebody just thought, oh, this will be funny. And they passed it off. And people believe that Gucci stole this design from the 70s. That they didn't come up with something new. Uh, and they and that's that. So that's not true. That that little bit. Um. The other thing, I've got, a, I've got a second thing that's not true. Lest you think I've gone completely over to the alt-right. <laughs> I have not. Uh, 
there is another image that was circulating. Now, last Saturday, the day after the inauguration, there was worldwide a Women's Day march. And, you know, millions of people around the world took place in this march. In fact, when I was uh, heading out to the comic book store last Saturday, I saw lots of cars exiting into downtown St. Paul to get to the Capitol grounds. And, and, and I was like, what the hell's going on? And then uh, I saw people lined up on one side of the street, as I got closer to the comic book store, gathered at each bus stop. And then I saw somebody had a sign saying, he's not my president. And I went, ah, that's right. There's going to be these marches and all this kind of stuff taking place. Ah, okay, that's what's going on. And, and there was a sizable um, group of people, sizable crowd of people that uh, marched here in the Twin Cities and all around. Something like a 100,000 plus or something showed up. And uh, and um, an image in the aftermath of this floated around uh, with somebody, you know, they tweeted it or something, and, and they said, well, apparently the Women's March don't, don't give a damn about the environment. And they show a, what looks like a, like, almost like, a, like a half of a city block just piled up with all the signs, all the placards that the people were carrying, these anti-Trump placards and the pro-women placards and the anti-anti-feminist placards and all that stuff just laying across this sidewalk. And there's a gate or some kind of a barricade gate kind of thing along one end. And they're all kind of pushed up against that and laying across the sidewalk. So we're meant to think that, uh, you know, that they don't care. They just drop the signs wherever they, they felt like it. But that's not true. Again, Snopes had it, but other fact-checkers had it. And it's just, that image was taken outside of Trump International Hotel, which is in Washington, D.C., and it was meant as a further protest, a further demonstration aimed toward our president to, you know, to show the displeasure, to show, look at all these signs out here. It's, it's, it's akin, but not as, as pleasant, or not as meant as an honorary kind of thing. Uh, it's akin to when the, 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 the gates and the fence outside of uh, Buckingham Palace were just practically buried in flowers after Princess Diana died. It's, 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 not, you know, it's not with love that these signs were left, but as, they, as the flowers were left for Princess Diana. But, you know, so it's, it's, that's, that's what we're seeing. We're not seeing pollution. We're not seeing women's march people not caring about the environment. In fact, people that were in, in charge of trying to take care of this afterward said that the people involved were very tidy. So, so uh, the, uh, let's see, the, uh, the Kellyanne Conway dress pattern being uh, something that Gucci stole from an old simplicity dress pattern from back in the 70s, and the uh, women's marchers from an anti-Trump march movement, people from the day after the, uh, the inauguration, leaving their signs as litter. It's not true. It's not true, it's not true, I'm telling you, cause I'm appearing your it's not true So there Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again <laughs> uh, The sucker punch heard round the world uh, White supremacist an accused Nazi, Richard Spencer. I, I watched his talk, his uh, 
his hail victory, hail Trump, hail America talk with the people doing the, the Nazi salute thing. I saw that and I thought, jeez, here's one. Here's a winner for you. Apparently, during the inauguration, celebration day, uh, in the, near the area of where the, some of the protests were taking place, um, he was being interviewed. He's on camera, and some, I will say coward, who's who hiding his identity, sneaks up on Richard Spencer, whose attention was elsewhere, and clocks him one in the face, and then runs away. That's not... I think that's a cowardly act. And, you know, it, it, what happened then after that is like you got half the internet saying this is, you know, loving it. Oh, you should punch Nazis. We should all punch Nazis. We should have been punching Nazis back in the day. We, you know, if they'd have punched the Germans, they would have been punching Nazis back in the 1920s. Then, you know, they, we might not have had World War II. Uh, I, I doubt that. I was just watching, uh, reminding myself of this, of uh, watching World at War uh, and the, the opening, the first episode, but it starts off in 1933, and I saw some stuff online to see the Nazi party kind of got started in 1919, and it was actually kind of on the downslide in the late 1920s, and it took the, the, the Great Depression to kind of to, to, to revitalize it. It, it, it took that, and so when the first rumblings of the Nazi party, they were very fringe, and they were thought of as jokes, and I think there were probably some fights and some punching going on there. Uh, uh, don't quote me on it, but it, 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 it had a rocky start. It, it wasn't like they were just open arms and whatever, so... Not saying that the people are saying that they should punch the Nazis. And there's pictures of Captain America punching Hitler. Well, you know, Captain America wasn't. He didn't. You know, he didn't come out until like 19 late 1930s or 1940 or something like that. He wasn't an established character until then. And by then, you know, the Nazis were the enemy of world democracy, of world liberty and freedom. They were already the enemy. Whether or not the United States was directly involved in the war yet, it was already there. And, and there was a war going on. So. But you don't. That's just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say what I've heard Pendulette say, and I've heard others indicate the same thing. The way you deal with bad speech is by offering more speech. You don't. You don't shut them up. You don't. You don't shout them down. You don't punch them. It's you don't try and stop their speech. You introduce more speech. You show why they're wrong. You, you, know, you marginalize him that way. Here's where he's wrong. Here's where he's got his facts wrong. Here's his just, his, he's just thinking, you know, just do that. When you start punching, you know, I, I realize I might be stepping into the slippery slope thing, but where do you stop? Who draws the line? How do we figure this out? It's, 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 it's you know, I, I mean, I don't like the guy. And it, it, somebody had, um, um, I saw it, uh, Kitty Mervine had uh, a friend of this show, and she's a skeptic, and, and uh, she posted uh, a video of uh, Buzz Aldrin and the, the punch heard around the world there. Buzz Aldrin, second man on the moon, was being hounded by uh, a moon hoax conspiracy theorist 
who was was trying to he was getting into uh, Buzz's face with he had a Bible he says I want you to swear in the Bible that you walked on the moon and 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 I won't go into the whole story but he kept hounding him and Aldrin kept saying would somebody get this guy away from me and he keeps trying to walk away and try to get away and this guy keeps hounding him and the guy is about a foot taller than Aldrin he's younger than Aldrin he's bigger Aldrin was in still in pretty good shape and he's in his face. And at one point he says, when he gets to this, the very the, the crescendo, the the ultimate moment of this 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 video, and he says to him, he says, "You're a liar and a coward." And that was where Buzz had enough, and he punched the guy. And it was, and and I said, "That's not a sucker punch. That is self-defense. A sucker punch is when the guy doesn't know what's coming." Now this guy is facing Aldrin, the the moon hoax guy is facing Aldrin. He knows he's pushing Aldrin, and he may not be touching him, but he's looming over the guy. He knows he's asking for it. So he should be at least somewhat prepared that this might happen. But if you're talking and somebody comes up behind you and just slugs you, that's, that's not how we do things. That's not how it works. It's not going to make things better by punching something. You know. In that case, Aldrin was defending himself. And I do, I do believe the, the hoax guy didn't press any charges, and the police weren't going to take any charges anyway because he, he was, it was self-defense. Def he had told this guy to get away from me several times and tried to get away from the guy himself. This, this conspiracy nut wouldn't let that happen. <clears throat> so I jotted this down. It's based on a very famous poem. I'm no poet, and I don't think this is real deep, but I just kind of, it's maybe it'll get you some idea of why we shouldn't. I, I understand the visceral enjoyment of it. I do, but the sucker punch. This guy's and you know, he says he's not a Nazi, but boy, I tell you, he, he walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, you know. They sucker punched the Nazi, and I cheered. They sucker punched the Klansman, and I cheered. They sucker punched the misogynist, and I cheered. They sucker punched the homophobe, and I cheered. They sucker punched the Islamophobe, and I cheered. They sucker punched the atheist, and I. Uh, they sucker punched the feminist, and I. Uh, they sucker punched the biologist teaching evolution. Then they came to sucker punch me. That's that's not how we advance. That's not how better ideas went out. You start punching, people stop listening. I just, I, the solution to bad speech is more speech. And the First Amendment in the Constitution is there to protect speech, all speech, not just that which we like. It protects the speech we don't like. Because that's the speech that needs, because somebody's going to not like what you're saying. And you may not intend bad things, you may be intending good things. You may be that, but there's somebody's not gonna like what you're saying, and your rights should be protected. If you're not inciting violence, if you're if you're just speaking and giving your opinion, that should be protected. Whether it's a popular opinion or not, whether you liked all my opinions of this show or not, First Amendment protects my right to say such a thing. And you have the right to tell me I'm wrong. Email me at drdim at dimland.com. Let me know. That's it's that'll be cool. And subscribe on iTunes. And I'm going to be hearing. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher.
That's right. I'm on iTunes. So subscribe on iTunes. Leave a good rating and a good review. Tell people about this. I'd like to get more downloads going. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Remember that be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Let's be nice to each out there, each other out there, even if we don't agree with each other. And uh, sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by the Yolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm, I'm going, going to hell. hell.